Hello everyone, my name is Natalia Nicholson, I'm from Women in Digital Business and today I have with me Dr Marlene Ellis and we really want to talk about copywriting and the importance of copywriting. It's often think, thought of as a role within the business that, oh you know, I'll just get a content writer or I'll get someone to edit it for me. And this marketplace is really busy. So what you'll find about selling online, there's a lot of noise out there telling you what to do, how to do it. And the essence of it is that actually you have to find a way for you and your audience. Everything within digital marketing and the customer value journey, which I talk about a lot, is all about being able to connect with your audience. Now, we no longer have the luxury of the five senses of being able to meet someone, touch someone. The world has gone digital. And this pandemic has just sealed that, that we all have to be able to connect with people on a human level. But now we're doing it as you see us on the screen. We're doing it through tech. So how do you create that close relationship with your audience now that you don't have the ability to see, touch, feel, or use those five senses? And for me, copywriting has really replaced that. So it's about understanding how can I use content to connect? So we're going to talk to Marlene just to uncover some tips and advices and really understand how to go about it. So Marlene, I would love for you just to introduce yourself and just hear your backdrop and your story. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. So I, my story... I, I come from, I've had, like many of us as black women, I've juggled many different things along my journey and end up with a sort of a whole multitude, multitude of different skills. So I've got, I start, in fact, my first job was a, as a police officer. And, oh, wow. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I, I became the sort of first black woman sergeant in Metropolitan Police before I then sort of moved into education. And that was basically, you know, you see people getting into trouble, you want to know more about what, what their story is rather than just being on that conveyor belt. So I spent a lot of time in education, learning all kinds of things, teaching young people and helping them to grow them, themselves. And, and so I, I would say I've spent a third of my time in the police force, a third of my time teaching, and a third of my time researching as a university lecturer, my research in education. But I've also been, had always a sort of a finger or foot in, in the sort of private sector through different partnerships, jury and sports. And, and I think I, I, I reached the stage where I really saw copywriting is a way that embodies everything without you know and I think it's a problem for many of us as black women that we have to juggle so many things and then it becomes a problem about where do we slot ourselves into because we feel we're more than one thing and because we are fortunately for me copywriting really speaks to my skills and my business head. So it, it really accommodates research, marketing, and the thing that I care about most of all is the growth of black communities. This, it feeds all aspects of what I really value. And that's how I become Dr. Ellis as a copywriter that's focused on building black entrepreneurship to help our independence. I absolutely love it. 
And when I met Marlene outside of this recording today, what really attracted me to her was just the ability. She just understood straight away who I was. And for me, that was like, wow. I would have to say that in my struggles of learning how to sell online successfully, I understood that I had to create, you know, personal relationships with my audience. They could get to know me and trust me before they use my service or buy from me in terms of my e-commerce store. And it's funny, Marlene, content was the one thing that was the weakest link for a long time. And I just didn't see it. And for me, it started off with understanding who my audience was. So for my candle business, I struggled with that for like two, three years in really getting the sales up. And it was because I didn't really, I wasn't connecting with my audience. I wasn't giving them content that they felt, felt my why they felt, oh, I want to buy this candle or it wasn't creating a solution for a problem they had around whatever I was offering them. Mm. And it took me that long to actually sit back and figure out, okay, who is following me? Who is buying from me? Because I didn't actually really understand who my audience was. I think when you start off in business, you make a lot of assumptions about your audience. And for some of us, we are our own audience. So when then we start to make assumptions based on our own personal experience, and we think everyone's like that. And I think sometimes we have to get out of that comfort zone of understanding there's different segments to your audience mm. and they've all got a different value and belief system. So you're right, you know, creating blogs, creating content, social media. We're in this world where, you know, to get yourself visible and noticed, you have to produce a lot of content. So you kind of get this churning out rhythm going where it's just like, yep, yeah, I'm going to do social media. I'm going to design posts. I'm going to write posts. Then, like you said, you realise that, you know, whether you're a mum, daughter, niece, wife, you've got all these other plates spinning. Then we've got the entrepreneurial disease, I call, of trying to start 10 things at the same time as a side hustle, you know, in this bid to get to our destination or goal quicker. So you start churning. You just start having this list of things to do that's like blog, tick, social media posts, tick, Facebook group, tick. I've got Instagram accounts. I'm designing banners. And then you start outsourcing. So when you start outsourcing, you think you look at a content writer almost, actually, I was about to say more like design, but actually in the whole process of digital marketing, you have to put thought into everything you do because it's a psychology. You're not meeting anyone, but for some strange and no reason, we feel that we can just churn information out and it's the same as creating a shop front mm -hmm. and a little bit more depth needs to go into it. But I just want to touch on that understanding the audience and understanding how important it is for you to do research and your copywriter to do research if you haven't got the time for it. If you don't, you just end up paying double further along the line and having to go back and start again, because that's definitely what happened to me. So I'd just like to hear a little bit more about the importance of research when it comes to copywriting. Yeah, no, I, I, I think that's absolutely crucial. It's so absolutely important. But I had a, a client last year and he got this great promotion towards the end of the year. Great promotion. His trade was cleaning. And he got this promotion for laundry cleaning, promotion for weddings, for brides. And that if you purchase this, 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 and this, you know, your, your, your brides are going to offer you this, this, and this. Now, he'd spent a lot of time on this promotion before he came to me and then wanted to promote this last year in a pandemic. I, I 
did the research and it was very clear that nobody was getting married. And when they were getting married, they weren't buying bridal stuff. They were buying um, clothes off the peg because that you could have so few people at a wedding. Nobody was investing in the way that they had. I had to turn him down because I knew that no matter what money he paid me to make that work, it wasn't going to work. And I, I was showing him, sending him the report saying, don't go forward with this promotion because the market has dried up. And until this pandemic is over, you're going to lose money on this. So it's, it's really important that it might have been a good promotion without a pandemic. We didn't do the research. But it was so clear that it that you know it was the, the statistics were so so blatantly clear. So it's it's not just knowing your audience, but it's really knowing in this moment will it work? So yes, you and I are talking to each other because we recognise that we care we care about the same group. Our services speak to the same group. So yeah. there is a reason why you and I are talking. We want to support the same people and we think we can have complementary services. Now that is what really matters. Like everybody, no matter what your trade is, you are always going to be health, wealth or relationships. Nearly I love it. <laughs> those three things. Then it's a matter of drilling down to where you are in what, one of those countries. Where is your, and ideally you'll create um, a blue ocean, a niche area. You know, if you, people haven't read a book called A Blue Ocean Strategy by Chin, I've forgotten his name, but The Blue Ocean Strategy by two authors in it. And, and I really recommend that book because you're, the, when you're trying to work out your audience, you, 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 what you're trying to do is to find a space where it's unsaturated, where you can compete without it being overly competitive. And, and all of that work requires that copywriting level of research. You're testing, is it viable? Does it make sense? Who are your competitors if you take that direction? Now, sometimes business owners, they go on instinct, they think they've got a great, got a, got a great product, they've got a great service. And indeed, you probably have. But because of that, the assumption is that it's just going to sell. I'm going to sell to everybody. And of course, we know, we know Natalia, that that's not... <laughs> that is not true. It's so funny that you said that. I've, I've done it in the past and I meet so many businesses that do it. Well, the marketplace says that there's a need for my product or service. So even if I get you know 0.5 of that market sector and it's worth you know 5 million it means that my business is going to grow and that approach all that ever does is means that now you are attracting a mass of different audiences so when you're putting content out your community is not receiving you because they don't know who you're for you have to be able to have a conversation as if you're audience feel like you're talking to them directly they feel like you completely understand them you resonate with them and for you to do that to all different types of audiences you can't and especially within our community if you have got a product or service that is aimed at the black community or any other ethnic or underrepresented community there are still segments within that community 
there are things that make me different to you know what I like to call another tribe that if I'm reading something or listening to something I want to know that you're specially for me because <laughs> ultimately yeah. we all want to feel special as well and so th- th- for me that's a really interesting point and I think sometimes when we start off with online business we're targeting everyone because we don't quite know who we're targeting yeah. Yeah. and if we just do the research mm-hmm. we'll be able to understand where our starting point is and the funny thing is corporates do this really well when they test something before they go to market they create something called a problem statement and they understand what that problem is to each segment so I always urge anybody that is in their business to look at okay what is the segment that I connect with the most starting off and just concentrate on that segment get that customer segment working then you can move over to the next segment and the next segment and that's when now your business becomes viable and you're able to scale yeah starting off everywhere in the same time so I I resonate these are all my errors by the way (laughs) yeah yeah of course of course yeah yeah we know it we know I think that 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 yes you're right you're you're in your blue ocean you find your marketplace and then you're a black organization and that is where that additional skill as a copywriter is important now I've I've spoken to many black businesses that tell me they spent thousands of pounds on a copywriter that didn't speak the language. And for example, if I think of food, so a copywriter, and let's, let's, let's talk about something that's specific to us that we would know, Aki, Aki and Saltfish, for example. Oh, I love Aki and Saltfish. <laughs> yeah. Now, the ability to write Aki and Saltfish, of course, that's, that's no problem, you know, but, but actually, when we're talking about it as a copywriter, just like some great chefs, Rick Simon, he writes about his food, his thing is fish. He goes into this wonderful detail of story about the whole history. He loves Cornwall, he comes from Cornwall, he tells that story. That's still, that's the art of a copywriter that should not be assumed that everybody gets that. So, so things like talking about the flavors, what is Aki? How do we explain Aki in the flavor on? on paper or suya spice from from west africa you know these things take you know going inside and bringing our cultures to life you know and, and and one of the other things i think that we suffer from sometimes with black businesses is the feeling that we have to use language that is not really that is not ours and this idea that we better use complicated words yeah. Or, or you know something that's and and so it's quite challenging just to keep it normal just to keep it at a very straightforward level I've got a client who has a book called mind your business m-i-n-e mind not mind the correct spelling would be mind your business m-i-n-d is mind your business because that's how I mean, my family, that's how my family speak, my Jamaican yeah, family. Yeah. So it's, it immediately has a very special rhythm in that, that um, title. And, yeah. um, I love that example, by the way, Marlene, because you're right. The minute I see something that says, mind your business, I connect with that culturally because yeah. I understand that that dialect is from my community and my yeah. culture and how I was brought up. And instantly I would that would bring me back to childhood. And again, it's like we're frightened to actually say, okay, this is where I'm from. This is my why. 
this is my audience and communicate with them in a way that they understand because we're so busy sometimes trying to be mainstream mm, mm, mm. Um, and the, the, the irony of what you've just brought up is that it's so funny that you could have a mainstream company that brings a product onto the market especially if we're looking at FMCGs we look at sources and food that might say you know Jamaican jerk for example and it's going out to the masses it will use imageries and dialect that mm. actually attach to our culture mm. but a larger organization who doesn't come from that culture understands that that's how they're going to identify with the audience yeah they're of this always being professional yeah um, no even for me I'm I long past that stage I'm dyslexic I'm a straight talker I'm me so it's either you're going to like me or you're not. It's a bit like Marmite. <laughs> so to hide behind it, I can't be arcs. So and my ethos is straight talking. I don't do big words because sometimes the message just gets lost. And I'm not trying to be something that I'm not because your audience actually wants you to be authentic. They want to understand you and they really want to get to know your why. And I think some people also don't really understand what your why and your story is. Your customer wants to know your story because it's a reason for them to buy from you. And in being transparent, the irony of it is, is those that come from the masses that might not understand your culture still warm to you anyway, because yeah. You're, yeah. you are being so transparent and yeah. they be a part of your tribe and your community, which is why we've seen, you know, people of colour, whether that's African descendant, Caribbean descendant, just look at music, food, mm. fashion, dance. Mm. It tends to be a leading culture because actually it's a culture that everybody likes to be involved in or be a part of or be in it but then us that come from it we're trying to run away and hide from that absolutely the case I think that's absolutely the case when you're trying to fit into something that's not you is the key word is that it's not authentic and if you want to get into the mainstream you've got to dive in into your own authentic space and you will come out for air into the mainstream and, and because as you say that is the most attractive proposition authenticity and I, I mean, I have um, a client who works in health, has vegan restaurants and has a very successful health store. And he says himself that a lot of the clients in his uh, vegan food are white people. Yeah. You know, yeah. and he's very authentically got names that speak to black uh, culture, but it's very attractive to the mainstream. So, as you say, you cannot be authenticity. You can't replace it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I think for me as well, it took me a while to establish what my story was. So it's interesting for me speaking to you here this morning, because how do you help people find their voice and find out their why and get them to put together their story? Because it sounds so easy to do. So we can come up with a product and concept. So let's even look at me, women in digital business. My marketplace is really about women that have started their own online business, because often we do it because... We've got children. We've got a lot of things going on. It's a very flexible type of business. You don't, you know, have to be at your desk nine to five. You haven't got to be in a shop. You create flexibility when you have an online business. Mm -hmm. um, and when you launch, you're going to have competitors, people doing the same thing as you. But we live in an age where, because you can be found out so much about, does that even make sense on social media? Yeah, people get, can see who you are. They can see you. <laughs> As people would say, you know, how do you put that story together? Does that make sense in terms yeah, absolutely, of your why? Yeah, I mean, and, and that is my, if I'd done my job properly, I would have 
got to know, like, like my job, I have to tell you, is 80% listening and research and only 20% writing. Because if I've done my job properly, I would have heard and done the research and know your goals and your backstory so well that when I write, you should be saying, wow, you've said everything that, that, that I wanted to, that's, that's what was in my head. I just didn't, didn't know how to get it out. Because it is, it's very, very difficult Nobody likes doing a CV, let's be honest. Nobody likes writing CV. No. <laughs> because it's always that requirement to write about yourself, your whole history, oh God. You know, something in the human condition about our self-reflection and ability to write that story. So it is a struggle for all of us. We do struggle. And we've got all these things, we're going on instinct, do 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 But how do you bring it together? And really, it's always been helpful when you have a person to speak that to so that it can reflect back so that process is it's still even more crucial in a business sense you know so one of my clients he, he's really really good it wise really excellent talking all this technical stuff about what he's going to do and and but it's not until i knew his background something of his background how he got to doing this his personal story that I could link why he's ended up in this place. And then I could write the story and give it back to him. And, and this particular client said that, you know, he found it really scary that I was, that I had been able to, that that's the job of trying to pull it all together and then giving it back and say, you know, do you recognize yourself in this? Yeah. So if you're a business, You've got so many different things that you're trying to do. We, we, we know that. We're all juggling and sort of, you know, pushing through. Then you, you, you've, you know the components of, of who you are and what you want to say. We all have those blind spots about, yeah, but, for example, my, my trade name is the hat-trick copywriter. I am <laughs> the hat-trick. Yeah. Now, Why? I tell you why, because when I got, a few years ago, I got sick with breast cancer and my hair fell out, all my hair fell out. And my cousin started teaching me how to wear hats with a bit of panache to avoid, you know, and in that process, I found these different sides of identity to my that I didn't know I had. I, I was really looking stylish because I was raving his wardrobe wearing these hats and it's the cuz put it like this not it not got you know and and it was I was loving it and I was I was sick loving my new look and I knew it was partly that when I recovered I was taking a different direction in my life because I suddenly saw these different sides of me a part of incorporating that experience as I became a copywriter because my writing changed and through my process of recovery of my health, a part of that story was to say I'm the hat-trick copywriter because it, 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 emerged, it, it integrates something that was real in my experience that actually occurred, changed my writing, and, and I write as a copywriter in this more dynamic identity 
than what I had before I was sick, you know, so. I, I, just, I absolutely love it. And I think you just hit on such a key point there for me. When I go back, one of the things that I had to keep revisiting, and I mean, I revisited about a good seven times that I can remember is my brand guidelines. And people always think it's a bit like a business plan, don't they? Where it's just like, yeah, yeah, I'm going to get my brand document out. And it's very much treated quite strategically from an academic point of view. And what I didn't understand that until I told my stories from all the different versions of myself, that was my brand guideline document because it made it clear of the who I am, why am I doing this? Who am I going to attract with my story? Because people resonate with stories. Um, people identify with stories in terms of content really well. So they're drawn to you because they see something within you, within their, your story. But you're right. I think what you've just made me realise is that we've all got different sides and different hats. You know, how I sound that when I'm screaming at my kids, then you hear the broken putt will come out from how I grew up. So how I sit down and I'm in a corporate boardroom style or if I'm on stage speaking, Speaking, or I'm speaking to my mum and dad and close members of family that really see you and know you. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's all different versions of me. And how do you actually put that together in a document or into content? Because that's when people really get to know you. That's when, and you, you vulnerability to me, power comes from vulnerability. When you show all the different sides of you and your vulnerability, people warm to you instantly because they just feel like, they feel the pureness of your soul. That, that, that's purely how I see it. So if I meet someone and they've just got their guards completely down, you do, you just instantly warm to them because you feel like you're not being judged or you feel like you're in a protective playing ground where someone's not out for you, if that makes yeah. any sense. There's yeah. something about being vulnerable that just creates love for me. But I love the whole hats. I think we've all got different personas. And as much as I teach to get people in touch with the personas that they're marketing to, you actually need to get in touch with your own personas because that is actually your brand story. Your story is going through the different versions exactly. of you to create your why. I've never looked at it like that. <laughs> <laughs> exactly it I, I couldn't have said that any better I mean when I saw your profile you I you absolutely spoke to me and I see myself in you I see your attitude I see your power and your strength and I think uh, that that is the person that I want to work with I absolutely understand your, your I don't know anything in detail about your backstory but I know enough to see to see what I recognize and what I stand for one of the projects now that I'm writing is called blackbreastcancer.com. That's building up just from Oh, I love it. You know. And um, absolutely love it. We've got to make sure we put a link to that in the um, bio. So, Marlene, what I would like for you to explain to our audience, if they wanted to find a copywriter that could obviously other than your glorious self, um, that could really understand them, get to bring out their different personas and put their brand story together, which is the start of their business of understanding who they are. Have someone that really research and takes the time out to understand their audience, their business, to create content that actually connects. And I hope today we've got a cross on the conversation we've had together to anyone listening. You have to be able to connect to your audience. Mm. 
um, people are going to pick things up about you. And unless you can connect with them and make you them aware of you and engage with you, that's a starting point. All this talk about even the different personas, that's the content that should be going out on your social media, not just, you know, happy motivational Monday. Does that make any sense? Yeah, you know, this yeah. churn of content that we're put a card. I used to do this, by the way. So don't anybody think I'm, you know, judging. That's where I used to be on Canva, just creating motivational quotes, things that just look pretty and look nice. They didn't have any depth until I decided to kind of bear all and just say, you know what, this is me. If you want to be a part of my community and understand what I represent, come, let's join together and be powerful because there's power in women. But if you don't get my proposition, actually, my community just isn't for you. I'm not trying to be for everyone. But yeah, if you could give advice of how does someone find that person that they can connect with to help them with content, because it is so key, what type mm. of steps should they take? I think the, the first thing that, that, that there's lots of copywriters around. The, yeah. the problem is to know what you want. So one of the biggest problems is that before you're, as a business owner, you contact a copywriter, you've already have it in your head. I want you to do X, Y, and Z. Probably before you, you say anything to a copywriter, you really want to find out more about who they are. Find out what, are they a content copywriter or a marketing strategy copywriter? They're completely different. Yeah. Loads of people that just do write, 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 write. they write stuff. You say you want to write something, they'll write it. They won't question whether you need it. You pay them and they will write it. And, and, and so you, you have to really be clear because you've paid them and later you might find that actually that's not what you needed. So I think there are many different copywriters. There are loads on the market. I don't think there are many black copywriters in the market, but it's not about finding a copywriter. It's about how are you thinking about using them Sometimes we say as copywriters that we make the best uh, recommendations only to have the executive say, no, you know, we're not going to do it. Okay, it will always be the right. You're right to refuse. Yeah. And, but I just think that the most important thing is get the copywriter that you're looking for. And, and if, you're, if you're smart, try and get the research, try and get them to show you what they will do before you tell them what you want them to do. Good, good advice, actually. That is really, really good advice, because you're right. We have this task of things to do on our list, and we're like, okay, I need to get someone to do X. And when it comes to just like anything in your business, you almost write a description or respect for it. But if this is not your field, you are totally right. You should be asking the copywriter, this is what I need doing. How would you go about that? And I think as entrepreneurs, we have to learn that we're not the expert in everything. Just because I'm good at online, online selling, but I can admit, Marlene, I've, I've said this to you before, copywriting is not my strength. So it's not something I pretend for it to be. But even when I'm working with a copywriter, I will give them as much information about me as possible. And I think sometimes as well in this world, we hide behind words a lot does that make any sense like it's an email it's a whatsapp it's a text it's messenger 
And I just feel that when it comes to copywriting, you need to give a piece of yourself away to that copywriter so they can really gain insight into you. Exactly. So sometimes it's good just to jump on a call and send all the information you've got. And you're right, ask that copywriter what would be the best approach. And there are loads of different copywriters from SEO, understanding that you're going to need your keywords in the copy, from social media posts, which is all about connection and people connecting to you, to, you know, whether it's a brochure, if it's something more official. And I think sometimes with copywriters, we expect them to be mind readers as business owners. Yeah. <laughs> one thing I would, well, one thing I do want to say about uh, to business owners about pricing copywriting. Yeah. Try to, I would always recommend that you come to an agreement with your copywriter as per project rather than per hour or per word. Yeah. Because if once you do that, you are in conflict with each other because the copywriter will want to make it last longer to extend the amount of money they can earn and you will want to make it shorter to reduce the cost. The only way time that you're really united and working together is when you pay per project. Yeah, yeah, that, that is absolutely brilliant advice, actually. And I funny that you say that. I go per, per project because I want to make sure the objective comes out within the content and it doesn't come about, you know, price per word. And mm-hmm. um, so I absolutely love that. Oh, Marlene, we've run out of time. But for anyone that is listening or watching, you know, please make sure you look Marlene up. Her credentials are going to be in the bio where you can reach out to her if you've got any copywriting. If you want to hear more about how to go about copywriting whether it's for yourself whether it's you're looking for a copywriter or you're just putting together your content strategy plan make sure you join the women in digital business membership site which um, we have a complete and absolutely free version and it's no gimmicks free doesn't mean you're going to get in there and we're going to try to upsell you it's full of a wealth of information where you'll find women like marlene in there other women from the community really getting you to understand what your goals are objectives are and how you turn that into a digital business and do it successfully so we hope to see you and hear from you again and dr marlene thank you for your time this morning it was much my pleasure great great start of the day <laughs> brilliant <laughs>